Ding dong, we are bringing in the new year with the Gameaholics' first, hopefully of many, year in reviews. It has been a whirlwind of a year, I think, um, since Colin and I decided last December to start a podcast. So we are in season two. We are one full year in, and we are, what, 38 episodes, I think, at this point? Like, we are... We are deep in the gaming world and absolutely loving it. So for this week, Colin and I were kind of talking and and we were thinking to ourselves, you know, um, in terms of games, in terms of what we've been doing, we thought it would be really cool to almost do like a year-end summary. Maybe, you know, talk about some of the games that we've played, some of the memorable situations, memorable stuff that we've been able to do and achieve and, and... get done in the last year so this is the gameaholic year in review 2021 edition awesome awesome we are good to go so colin i guess uh anything to add on top of that what do you what are you thinking we've been doing this for a year we're in for a year yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a pretty good good ride so far i think um started out really hot and uh, hopefully we get back to that that style of uh you know what? To be fair, it's been a it, it was a busy second half of the year, and I think that 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 that, that kind of pushed us back a little bit. It, for sure, it did. just in terms of everything that's been you know happening and, and you moving back here, you know me visiting home, Christmas, New Year's, Hawaii, all that whatever kind of stuff. Like we've been we've been we've been busy, um, but we still make time. We're still grinding. Uh, another really big thing that I've kind of realized is, I think the first year was probably going to be our easiest year, in terms of game reviews, because we sort of just went off and kind of just picked some of the hottest games kind of ever made and reviewed those. Yeah, and like I think our, it was a really good starting point because we essentially chose a game that was coming out with all this publicity. And I thought, for example, we re- just really did like well overall. Like, okay, so, so just to for context, our first ever podcast dropped on January 7th. So we, yeah, and we're releasing this on the ninth. Well, no, we're recording it on the ninth. Well, we're gonna release it as soon as I get home. Damn! All right, so yeah, we're releasing this on the ninth. So this is maybe the tenth, but we're probably gonna. This is a year and two slash three days away from our first ever podcast. So Colin and I had been talking about doing a podcast for a while. We're both avid gamers. We both really um, got into a lot of gaming over quarantine. Over the the first one, I mean, who would have thought? Two fucking years later, we're still in them. but we, we, we went into a lot of games. We played a lot of classics. Um, so let's let's just a fun a fun fact. What is a classic game that you had never touched or thought about playing until you were trapped in your house because of COVID? So it's actually funny. The 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 first game that I'm like, oh, actually, this is a spin was Fallout. And never, which number though? It, it was Fallout New Vegas. So. You were March, we, we had just been cut from the bar, Colin and I used to work at a bar together. We had just been cut from the bar, it's April or May, let's say, I don't remember the exact month that it happened, um, and, and you kind of sat to yourself and you said, I'm going to try Fallout New Vegas because I've heard so much about it. So, I know exactly when I started playing it, and I know exactly what happened. So, we got cut from the bar at the end of March, I didn't really touch a video game until end of April, 
So okay. so whole month of April, I basically just been watched like shows and stuff like that, and like would, caught up on Netflix. Yeah, too. like did a lot of running and whatever else outside. So it was nice weather in Vancouver at the time, which was surprising because it should still been raining, but it wasn't. So no, uh, May hit, and that's when I played The Witcher three for the first time ever. Wouldn't call that a classic game because oh, it's not. I would, I would say that's a classic it's game. Been, like it's been six years. That's okay. I mean, I mean, in the gaming, and, the, and, that, and at the time last year when we talked about it, it was a five year game. But, but that, I still would classify that as like a like a, a minted classic on current gen systems, right? Because okay, yeah. So the game The Witcher was when I, I started in May, beginning of May, and I, I oh I also remember what I was doing in the beginning of uh, COVID. I was you. You got me on. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Right, you're so binging. I was, I was binging that. that. So anyway, so anyways, May hit, and I needed something to do. I wasn't. I didn't have a show, and I was like, I'll just try getting back into gaming. And I picked up The Witcher Three. It was on the Game Pass, and I crushed that. And I was super. I was super like ready to rock and, and roll. It's, it's it's really funny because I just have to say, unbeknownst to Colin at the time, I was crushing Witcher Three at the same time, without him knowing. Mm-hmm. And when we sort of met up for drinks later on in the summer, once everything kind of felt a little bit better, we were talking about what games we were playing. We were both like Witcher 3, one of the best games ever, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's kind of, I honestly think Witcher was maybe what honest, honestly might have brought this podcast to life. Yeah, there's a really good chance that happened because uh, when we went for those drinks, Luke and I were, were friends from work, but we really didn't like... We weren't, we weren't as dialed as we are now. now we, yeah, we definitely yeah. we didn't We weren't talk. spending Christmas we, together no, like no. we are now. We didn't, we, didn't talk, <laughs> we didn't talk like all the time. Uh, and that really kind of opened up that relationship a little bit more because we started just really diving. We did talk about gaming a little bit at work here and there, but like we really dove into it in the summer. For sure. We got more involved in what we were doing. We and, were hanging out a bit more. And not to mention we were both kind of in the same... I would say atmosphere when it comes to gaming where like we're looking at the story we were looking at kind of character development like we we were kind of looking beyond just sitting there and killing for example monsters in witcher like it was more just kind of like talking about like the story's insane the world they've created here is unbelievable like the fact that they created a freaking trading card game inside your favorite game of all time i went off i went off in in witcher i don't even know what it's called anymore gwent gwent i thought it was a gent but i was close so i mean that was sort of what brought us in here um and we i mean one of our biggest things was we i think drunkenly actually which i'm kind of happy about we drunkenly picked the name gameaholic podcast and i love the name of this podcast i'm shocked it wasn't taken yeah and it was so funny because we were there that night and I was, we were drunk talking about whatever. We had a few other friends over. And I was like, yeah, like I'm doing this like game, this football podcast, fantasy football podcast. It's awesome. And it was doing really well at the time. And I was, and Luke's like, we should do a game podcast. And I was kind of on the fence. I was like, I don't know, man. Like that's a lot of commitment to do two game uh, podcasts. And he's like, no, man, like we should, like I'll buy it, I'll buy it right now. And then he's like, I'm going to look up names. And he starts going off and he, he found some names. We found him like, okay, let's look online and see if it like hit, found out the name was good. And then Luke's like, I'm buying I'm buying a mic next week. And I bought one and I got a good one and and, we, and then it took us a while because you moved away. I moved back home uh, in October and it and you were like, set- it, like it was never gonna happen. And, and you were just, settling and yeah. like blah blah blah. And I just I remember we were kind of just talking and I couldn't go home for Christmas in 2020. Um, and I just remember, like, we were kind of just sitting there and like I don't even know. So we were we were kind of just flirting with the idea of doing this and and. Cyberpunk, I mean, we again, because The Witcher, we love CD Projekt Red, so we sort of were like, oh, this new CD Projekt Red game's coming out, it's good. It's already getting a lot of hype, because Keanu's like promoting it, and he's in it, and 
it's by the people that made The Witcher. How can they go wrong? Yeah. What can they do? And we're like, if we're ever going to start a podcast, realistically, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Let's dive into CD Projekt Red. Let's dive into Cyberpunk. Let's pay the two kajillion dollars that we paid for the game, the 90 bucks. And let's play the shit out of this thing in December and start early January. Let's release episode one all about what we're doing with Cyberpunk. Yeah, and I remember I remember the text vividly because I remember saying, like, buddy, let's just do the podcast. And you were super fired up because you're, like, you're like, I bought the mic and like finally yeah, got to use I'm it. ready. Yeah, you're so ready. And I'm like, let's just crush this for, for a few weeks, see how we feel about it. And there was a lot of ups and downs in those couple of weeks that we played this game. And I think we got really... F- I didn't think I finished it till almost the, almost when we recorded. Like, I felt like it... Because we were busy with other stuff, too. It's like... Obviously, it's, work work in, like, family time through the holidays kind of comes in the way, it, too. It was weird. I mean, it didn't for me. Because you were home with your family. Yeah. Yeah. I was, unfortunately, stuck out here because COVID keeps raining on. Um, it's really interesting for me, though, because, like, you know, Cyberpunk was one of those games where... We didn't know that we were going to have a flop on our hands, I think is a fairly big, big thing. So Colin and I bought the game day one and we, we went into it and, and I think we were just like, man, like, you know, this is the perfect game to do it in because it's going to attract so much attention online. People are going to see like a, an early, because our game plan was get that game finished and release a review in an amount of time that people are still interested in hearing about it. And as, you know, the first week comes out and people are losing their minds and, and super mad because of all the glitches and just the, the graphic problems on old uh, consoles and everything. And I mean, coming on a PlayStation five, thankfully I didn't have any graphic issues. It was actually a quite a seamless graphic experience. Um, but just, just being able to kind of get in there nice and early and kind of just releasing our first ever podcast on what I would call as a um, very controversial game, just in terms of reception. Yeah. So, that's where we started, and kind of from there, we kind of just... I, I'm just kind of looking at our list right now. We kind of just knocked out all the classics right off the bat. Yeah, and you know it's funny? Going... Before we touch on other games that we did, uh, it was funny with, with Cyberpunk, because we're going to do a review of it um, in the following week, just to, you know, touch Cyberpunk 2.0 review and see, like, how we do. We're all playing right now, and... Um, I just remember like certain glitches, but I didn't think it was as bad as the reception was when we played it. I feel like people overreacted to certain little things. Like, yes, they wanted it to be perfect, but it wasn't like ready at the time. It's also and really it it's, is what it is. It's also really tough when you again, like I don't want to dwell too much on Cyberpunk because we are doing a full conversation on it. But but at the same time, I also think that like the way that I look at it is it's just like you released a you released a masterpiece, which was Witcher Three. And like I feel like it's impossible to like it's like it's like 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 artists when they make a song like a, a, a song that gets praise it's tough to get that level of success again or a filmmaker who releases an amazing movie it's tough like everything they do from then on is going to be compared with with that masterwork that they did and For sure. and i think with cyberpunk that was part of the problem i'm mean, don't get me wrong there's there's glitches there is i understand it i don't even think i mean again we'll we'll talk about it but i don't even think the game was that good uh story-wise but I mean, let's 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 kind of end it there because we'll we'll get into the yeah. Let's move on to what we're doing next. What, well, was so, the, what was the second game we ever so did? So basically, I'm just gonna kind of lump all the next games in together because it's a big, like we basically the next couple weeks and months we just started crushing popular titles. So we did Last of Us. I think Last of Us Two actually came out. Twenty nineteen. 
Are you sure? Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Last of Us series we did. Bioshock series we did. No, sorry. Last of Us 2 came out in 2020 June. Because I remember you are crushing on the PlayStation and we talked about it oh, in the yeah. summer. Yeah. In the summer. Okay, so, so... It was only like six or seven months since when we did the podcast. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so anyways, like we did, we did huge blockbuster game releases for the next little while, right? We did... Bioshock, we did Last of Us, we did Far Cry, we did Witcher, we did Fallout 76, Fallout 4, we did um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Red Dead Redemption 2, Uncharted. So these are all games that franchises that have been around for such a long time that I, you know, I think that it was really good to sort of build our brand and kind of build our rapport with one another, talking about games that potentially, you know, everybody views as well done and everybody views as like this is easy to kind of read into these games and eventually once we started getting a little more comfortable we started doing you know games that were a little bit different we started trying to do some throwbacks so we talked conquer's bad fur day obviously we talked ocarina of time obviously and then we started kind of going into um we, we didn't really touch indie games until later in the year and I think that that's because of the fact that we're trying to get more recognition for these small studios that I think deserve recognition. 100%. Yeah. And and that's what we kind of, I think we aim for that in a sense where we were doing, let's mix in indie or indie games. Let's mix in like throwback games to like literally like touch on different titles that maybe people weren't like super aware of at the time. For sure. Or, or maybe forgot about and they thought we just wanted to Re- not just just show our appreciation to those games. In a so sense. one of the um, one of the games that we did early on, and I actually think it was one of our more successful podcasts in terms of listens, believe it or not, um, is we went deep into a game called The Outer Worlds by Bethesda, um, and that game, I don't think it was. It, it was kind of mixed in between like the Far Cries, the Fallout's, the Assassin's Creed, like the Red Dead. Like it was sort of mixed in there, and it was probably one of our first like forays into a non like explosive title. And I think that it was very good because, like I said, we got a ton of listens on that one. A lot of people were really interested in what we had to say about Outer Worlds. Um, and I think that for me, at least, that realized made me realize that potentially we don't just need to focus on these high margin games i'm not saying bethesda isn't a high margin game everything they release but i'm just saying it definitely didn't have the build-up that some of the other stuff that we were talking about did Did bethesda make that game yeah are you sure yeah that's why they just announced that wait was it but yeah it was bethesda that was bought by um what's it called it was bethesda that was bought by um what's called yeah outer worlds right here i'm looking at it Obsidian. Which is owned by Bethesda. Oh, okay. Sorry. My apologies. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, that's, that's my issue here. Is now that... Sorry, I'm kind of jumping off here. But now that Bethesda is owned entirely by Microsoft, right? As we know. Um, they've confirmed that Outer Worlds 2, Xbox exclusive. Us PlayStation boys don't get to play um, Outer Worlds 2 when it comes out. That's unfortunate. It's really sad. I'm that's really a really, really good game. Uh, yeah, if it has, if it's anything like Outer Worlds One, it's nuts. Yeah, like me when I play those games. Yeah, you love it. So we had arguably some flops throughout our entire 
uh, year. And I can think of, you know, a couple for me. Is there any games that you can think of that you played and you're like, kill me now? <laughs> um, wow. There's a few that I was like really like struggled to get through. There was like, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my number one was out was Outriders. Oh my, I forgot about Outriders. So Outriders to this day is one of the worst games I've ever played. And you got it on disc over there. I paid, hanging out. Full, I walk, again, full price. I always say I pay the full price so our listeners don't have to. They can understand what the game's worth. Um, yeah, Outriders was like, it was, that's our lowest scoring game of the year on both of us. 3.4 for me, 2.8 for you. One of the worst games. And I just, you know what? Like I remember there was a point about, you know, I don't know how far into it, but I was just playing the game to finish it. Like I didn't care. This just eats me, eats me alive inside. Um, so Outriders, I know you had a couple that, to be honest, bothered you quite a bit. Yeah, there was, uh, trying to struggle to figure out which, oh, oh man, it was a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure. What kind of trouble you have in here? Oh, I'm just trying to think of that story that really made me mad. What made me mad? Well, I know, for example, that you hated Mass, not Mass Effect, sorry, you hated Borderlands. Yeah, I was not a fan of Borderlands, and if we scrolled down a little bit recently, I hated Backbone Story. Hated oh, it. Oh, right, you were not, but that was, okay, that was just the story, though, like, I feel like Borderlands, you had, like, a vendetta against here. Like, you were, like, not interested Yeah, it just wasn't, all. it wasn't a fun game. Ratchet and Clank, I didn't play, but I just didn't like the concept after watching video on it. Uh if you want to scroll up a little bit more, I think there's one more game that really stuck out to me. Like I hated it. Wasn't a big fan. Didn't hate it. And I'll tell you right now which one it is. It's uh, Tomb Raider. That blows me away. You didn't like Tomb Raider. I don't get that, man. Because it was like for me, it was like it was really good. You know what I played uh, after we talked about it on when you went to Hawaii? I actually played Dead Space. Good yeah. game. Good game. I told great game. Yeah. And we did do the review, and I know that you had played it before, but you just sort of were. Uh, it was scary, on. man. Scary it's game. Great damn game. Um, I'm thinking what we can do is we can always maybe revisit when they do release the remastered Dead Space. We'll do another review we on should. what we're looking at remastered. Um, we had a bunch of really cool month-long um, sort of themes that we did throughout the year. So kind of jumping into to, to that, um, we had Mass Effect Month where Mass Effect released the Mass Effect Complete Edition, remastered, going through everything, which, I mean, for me as a Mass Effect fan since Mass Effect 2 came out, being able to relive that story in, in better graphics was incredible. You got to play through the series, and I know that you absolutely... Hopefully it was a game-changer for you, just in terms of what you thought. Like, you know... Yeah, and it, it was, I think... I'm very grateful that you brought those games to my attention because I remember looking at them and never giving them a shot. But we're such big RPG fans; it really, it really was really, really. I really think good. when you look at an RPG, I think that Mass Effect is almost perfect. Same with Witcher. I think I think both of those games as RPGs and being able to control the destiny of these characters. Uh, Mass Effect had way more decisions than Witcher, where it was more of just like you're playing as Geralt, Geralt and yeah. that's, that's what you're doing. Um, so we did a Mass Effect month. We had a Borderlands month, which was Colin's personal hell. 
Uh, and then in December, we actually finished off with a um, an indie month. We'll say spook- Spooktober. And yes, absolutely, sort of Spooktober. Um, so we, we really went pretty heavy in um, a lot of the themes, which which I, I really liked, and I hope that we can keep doing that, maybe an indie month every year or something like that. So um, I was, I guess, going into the indie conversation. I was never an indie, an indie guy. Like, I was never, like, I would never play indie games, and, you know, Colin, you were kind of the one that first, our first ever indie game actually came um, before we pretty much did anything, any other indie games, and it was Haven. So, I just remember one day we were texting and you were like, man, I got this game called Haven. It's, it's nuts. And then you were telling me that you were crying at the end. Like, you were like, it was an emotional ride for you. Um, and, you know, I just, like, I guess this is probably a really weird question. But, like, what do you think in terms of, like, what draws you to indie games? Why, like, why are you an indie gamer? What got you into it? Like, like, because if anybody asked me why I play indie games now, it's because you brought me into that world. But like, how did you get into the world of, of, of even trying out indie games? Because I think that there's such a large amount of indie games that unfortunately aren't, aren't great. And it's just because the budget's not there and the development's not there. But like, what got you into this world? And, and how have you found all these fucking bangers? Yeah, like, it's just like um, trial and error for the most part. Like, you'll find games and you're like, well, this is a flop. You'll play like 20 minutes and hate it. And I move on. But... The thing is, like, they're not really big titles, and a lot of them come out as free. Like, it's weird how they're, like... Like, the legit, you can download most... Xbox had this thing where you legit could just download free games and try them. That is pretty nuts. And, like, they would just be free, and you try them. Some of them actually were okay, but, like, they're not, no, like, known titles, known, like, so, companies. Look, interesting question. Out of, like, total... And this is going to be a weird one. Out of full, like, every indie game you've ever played, what percentage of them would you say are, are amazing, and which percentage would you say aren't great? I want to say, like, it'd probably be, like, 35, 35% at, like, great. Oh, that's actually not terrible. I, w- I would even say probably 25. Like, you're going one out of four every time. One out of four is just absolutely hitting. Yeah, like, like, you're, like, getting that. I go first out. Like, Firewatch, for example, I said, I'm playing this game. And you're, like, okay. And I'm, like, hour, like I went 20 minutes in. And I'm, like, I love this. Like, I know immediately in 20 minutes if I'm going to be, like, I'm going to do this if game you're down or not. Or not. Yeah. Well, Undertale. And the, the interesting thing for, for your taste in indie games, I find is the style between all the games you pick is so different. <laughs> yeah, they're like... They're, uh, they're Haven's, always... so, Haven's sort of like this anime, love story, sci-fi thing. And then, you know, we go into... I'm taking credit for Finding Night in the Woods, by the way. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, for um, sure. But like, then, you know, we go into like some of the other stuff, like Undertale, which is like little freaking... Like, 2D, like 2D slider. Sci- yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we look at like other stuff like Backbone and then firewatch they're all so different and like it's it's yeah you don't really have a type but that's the I beautiful think. thing about indie games you can they don't doesn't matter what size they are they can be big large you're right you know, you're right it, it doesn't yeah. it's, what all, it's what's on the inside yeah like. yeah yeah it's <laughs> that's a good analogy right it's, it doesn't matter what, you don't have a type you're just picking whatever you well, see it's, it's true though like i mean like the, the thing about most triple a games is you know you get these big these big studios and they're all very, very similar, right? Like, for example, we have all of our February, which, plugging it in here, our February is going to be a super cool month. Um, we have all our February games coming out, and they're all kind of the same in terms of, like, what they're doing and, and where they're going. Um, you know, all these games come in, they have great graphics, they have most have an open world or, like, some sort of really powerful linear storyline, whereas, I mean, depending on the budget of these companies or depending on the crowdfunding that we saw, for example, on Backbone, um, different things get 
different. And we have a hidden... Uh, there's another indie game we did that just didn't get released. It was The Plague Tale, which was really cool, lost too. And, did, lost in did I admit, Did I tell you that one, or did you tell me that we should try it? I, so, so I played it, and I was like, I never told you about so it, and then this, you found it. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I found this game. Um, you always just come at me with, Game Pass is so sweet. I get all these free games on Game Pass. And... and PlayStation kind of just screws us over and gives us two like two games like it's like Forza three or something yeah, like that. Yeah, PlayStation spits in your face and says you'll like it. And you're like, okay, yeah, exactly. Um, so they they're sort of just like, you know, here's Forza, here's Forza, and I'm like, good, <laughs> like fun. <laughs> uh, so so this month actually a couple whatever month we did Plague Tale, I actually saw that that was the free game, and I said, Colin, like I always have to pay for these games. This is a free game. It looks like it has pretty decent reviews. The story looks interesting. Let's let's jump in here and let's do this. So then that's when you're like, okay, sure, I played it before, but I'll try it again. I'm sad we lost that episode because A, I thought it was really good, and B, the game itself deserves some praise. Like, I think that the game, you know, I'm looking at our review here, and we we're giving it pretty much, like, I gave it a six and a half, you gave it a six. So not terrible ratings. No, the game I thought was really good. It, again, another indie game where I got pulled in pretty quickly, but I think I just forgot about it or I got busy at the time when i was mm-hmm. playing it and i just stopped playing but like for the most part like you get pretty dialed playing this game it's a very good story i think the graphics are really well done yeah so it's a game that's like really jumps off the page for me as one of the really the better indie games i think there's a few other indie games that luke and i should do in the future that i really was they didn't make the cut for indie month but i was very like high on them well firewatch is one of those we which we, we, we really wanted week. to do it for indie month but you know it just didn't it, i'm not saying they make the cut because i mean spoiler alert it's a great game um, but like, it's just, you know, I, I think continuing to promote indie developers should be a huge part of our show. For sure. And I think there's another game that we'll probably eventually do that. I'll just say it now. Like, I think whatever happened to Edith Finch is a game that should be, that was a final cut from that month. Again, final cut. Absolutely. We actually have, and I believe, uh, uh, we have, um, what's looking to be a Life is Strange remastered edition coming out. And that's an indie game. No? And that's a great game. But it's an indie game. No, it, I wouldn't. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, the, it's like the first one for sure. Okay. And then the second and third one, everyone's like knows what they were the brand. But okay. it's but it's a what, very. Do you know what the brand is off the top of your head? Yeah, it's a it's an RPG like story, very story. No, no, driven. but like the sorry, oh brand. Sorry, I thought you meant like who's the developer? Oh, I have no clue. Okay, okay. can tell you. But like um, so one of the so one, once Colin sort of got us on Haven and I was I was dialed in. I was just like I told him after we actually finished Mass Effect month. So we did Haven, then we did Mass Effect month, and. Um, that took up, I feel like that took up a lot of my time because I was like, remember how dialed I got into Andromeda at the end? I hated that. Andromeda was another, no, Andromeda, you actually didn't do terribly I just never finished it. Um, the tough thing was, yeah, I mean, it, it was tough going from Commander Shepard and then kind of dumping into a new character, a new world, uh, Rider. a new everything. So, Ryder, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryder. Um... So, one of the things, the next indie game was the one that I found, which, to be honest, is probably one of the best games I've played in a really long time, uh, Night in the Woods. Yeah. And, and I, I, I keep bringing it up, and I brought it up in probably four different podcasts that we've done this year, just comparing certain aspects of other games to how Night in the Woods does it, because it just checks so many boxes for me. Um, I mean, one of the most nuts things about Night in the Woods that, that we had learned, and I don't know if we even talked about some of the podcasts, was that the uh, lead creator of the game killed himself we Which, did we i think we did mention it a few times I, yeah i wasn't sure i didn't think that we did we i think we talked about a certain game and we brought it up how like this guy that created this game killed himself i think it was next week after because we, like, we, we did some 
like follow up on the it game. Just, you, that's how you can tell that the game's pretty raw, and that like the guy that the whole game's about mental illness, and the guy was, had mental was, illness was struggling with a lot of stuff that some of the characters in the game portrayed. So that's how I think he was able to put it out so well. Um, and you know, Night in the Woods, like I said, um, probably. I, I think an interesting thing that we, we should do, Colin, um, I mean, in, in maybe in a little while is, after we do some more talking, is maybe just our top three games of the year. I was going to say, like, what our, our, our shining light was. Because, like, yeah, too. I mean, I, let's, I think that that's a really good way to kind of end, end things here. Um, one thing that we have really been trying to do is incorporating some sort of Nintendo stuff, I think, into our podcast. So we spent some time talking about some awesome throwbacks from nintendo like we talked obviously conquers which brings me back childhood memories uh you know we talked um ocarina of time which obviously a fucking classic and then we tried to get into the more recent stuff so we actually did legend of zelda breath of the wild which um big game i know colin played it a bit um i i did the entire thing obviously and like um one of the things that i really like trying to do is trying to get you know um recognition for all the the systems because you know nintendo is a huge huge power and i think doing that we we've really tried to either resonate with people who have those same fond memories of playing ocarina of time i mean or negative memories if you were doing the water temple but um going into all of that kind of stuff so i think trying to figure out different ways to do different things was really really cool um one thing that I really liked that we did that you, again, I'm giving you the credit on this one, kind of opened my eyes towards was we we're in the middle of Borderlands month. You were not doing well mentally because you kept having to play Borderlands. Um, <laughs> and you found us We Happy Few. Oh, that was in the middle? Yeah. No, that was at the end. Okay. So, But you found it, I think, around... Actually, when did you first play We Happy Few? Do you remember? Yeah, I played it in when I first went home, October 2020. Oh, wow. Okay, so we did this almost a year later. Yeah. And I remember you pumping my... Because then we found out... This is Another indie game, by the way. It's not at all. It kind of is. No, it's Gearbox. It was Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Gearbox just took over after, I think, at some point. Because, like, Gearbox, like... So they released Borderlands 1, and then before Borderlands 2, they did We Happy Few. So, like... But but that was actually what you... What sold me on it was when you were kind of like, yo, this is, like, from Gearbox. You like Borderlands. Like, you'll probably like this. The story's just better. Um, and boy, it checked my boxes and, and, and you, I believe actually you texted me. I remember, um, when you were first playing this a year before and you were like, dude, this is like <laughs> kind of Bioshocky and like a, a weird kind of like, you know, totalitarian yeah. society type, type vibe. Um, and of course I played it and I, you were absolutely right. Um, really hard game to get a hold of though. Yeah, from here, uh, you had a tough time finding it. Well, I had to buy it on Amazon for, like, a stupid price. Yeah. Um, and it was wild because, like, even going on the PlayStation Store, the price that they were asking for it was, like, $80. Like, the price of a brand new release. And I was like, this game's five years old. And, like, it's, game... and it wasn't worth $80. Oh, I, I disagree, actually. I think that it was. You really liked the DLC, too. <sighs> Lights out. Yeah. But even the main storyline and just kind of, like, going around and, like, just, like, this this kind of creep it's similar right the creepy sort of like weird world um with like all the stuff wrong with people and, and everything like that like and just that kind of altered world war Two victory sort of thing and, and just a mental illness that you, again 
that kind of stuff that really just like speaks volumes about mental illness for some reason just triggers me a lot. Like I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in how they, they do that. Um, for me, at least another big flop that we want to talk about that I at least want to talk about, uh, while going through all of our, I already know which one this is going through kind of all of our, uh, our games for the year and kind of tackling these new releases and seeing how they work out. I uh, was far cry six. Um, wasn't a far cry in my eye. I don't think it was either. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it, like the controls, I love it because they absolutely didn't... Like, the, the, the vibe of the game was very Far Cry. The story was not. Like, it wasn't like... I find, again, they're whimsical normally, these stories. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of like... Goofy, goofy enemies and whatever goofy, else. Yeah, like just, or like just funny stuff. They cut Herc out. Like, uh, it's, it's funny because they have these DLCs for Far Cry coming out now, um, which are, are kind of making me want to buy, pay for them um, because basically what the DLCs for Far Cry are is it it's the um, stories about each of the villains from the other games. So it's Voss, it's Ma- it's Pagan Min, and it's um, Joseph Seed. And, Which would be really good. Uh, yeah, but like also at the same time, I don't really, or I can't really, I guess, justify going in on it because like I just, I'm worried because of the disappointment that I felt with six it, it, it frustrated me a lot because it was I'm, too- I'm fire cry is probably one of my favorite like and you didn't even i don't even think you I, finished i didn't finish it. i remember i told it's, you it's, it it's, it's just been sitting on my my console i never went back it's just it. tough because like like it's just it's so serious and so dark it's like it upset me that i paid 90 dollars for it i'll be honest yeah, that's fair because the game let's hope the game you're paying 90 dollars for in february doesn't upset you wink it, oh wink 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 so yeah it's just uh it's yeah i think i gotta play the i gotta play that other one it's on the game pass oh yeah absolutely yeah we're we're, we're talking strategy i'll I'll do that after so um one of our least so again going into this one of our least listened to podcasts is actually one of our most recent ones and i'm kind of shocked about it um it's called everybody's going to the rapture for um anybody that has seen that or maybe just kind of skip that episode or something like that um it's an unbelievably weird game that I think, even in our listenership terms, didn't get as much credit as it deserves. Um, that game, for me at least, was like be- like one of the most visually stunning games I think we've had this year. I think a big reason why it didn't blow up is it's not very known. Mm-hmm. It's not a very known game, and I think people think of it or like look up reviews on it. It's just like it's just like a it's a walking simulator with a story but it's I, but it's but yeah. but though we 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 thought it was really good i'm saying like that's what people probably have like a a turn off effect to it and that makes sense i get that i guess the the look of itself but i mean personally i think all around if we're talking just straight visuals that was around. the game yeah that for me was and I, but i mean maybe it's also because of the fact that since it is a walking simulator the visuals need to be perfect or else it's kind of a failure on their end. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, like it, it, it kind of comes across as being one of those things where it's like, mm, like I don't, I don't know if this is what we kind of want to do. Um, we are going to be going into, I don't know if it's next weekend or next week or the weekend after. No, it's two weeks from now. Um, we're doing a Destiny season wrap up. Um, we are going to be having a guest star, one of my close friends, who's also a big Destiny fan, and Colin is going to be mediating the conversation and popping in with his 
Colin-like charm whenever he uh, feels the need to. So we're going to be revamping a really exciting year. I know that we did do a Destiny podcast, um, you know, early on. And Destiny obviously is one of the biggest, most constantly evolving games because they just keep releasing new content and new storylines and, and new everything to do. So we kind of thought that moving in and doing kind of a year in review almost for Destiny before the new Big Witch Queen expansions drops would be a really cool thing for our listeners. Um, it's Destiny is kind of one of, I think, the only games that we touched on that's still evolving. I mean, there's really not a lot of games, I think, out there that do what Destiny does. Just in terms of, like, the same core game has been, it's the same core game from three, four, I think four years ago now. It's the same core game and they just keep dumping other stuff. So it's kind of nice to have one of those games where you can just kind of keep talking about it and keep, you know, and there's always something new to go off of. And it, it has such a large follower base. Yeah. Um, thinking of games that, that do that type of thing, but not on the same scale as Destiny because Destiny has a story driven as well. But like I noticed, there's like a game like Rocket League does that a lot, where they just change up every all the time. Like so, people will never stop getting bored with it. Yeah, it's a very simple game. Where I mean, you just score goals the rocket with a with a car, kind of like how you go around and shoot enemies, but you have a story with it and, and to keep it going. The the thing the thing that they do really well is, I mean, like think about it. Like they they just keep evolving the story that's already there, and like it's better than being like here's Destiny three, here's Destiny four, here's Destiny five, like. It's almost like you think a, there ever will be a Destiny three. I think eventually they have to just just to keep like up to date with like graphics and speeds and everything like that. I think they have to. Um, but saying that, like you know, Destiny is kind of now one of the first games that console games at least that's sort of gone the way of World of Warcraft, where World of Warcraft it's you bought the original World of Warcraft thing and you just buy the expansions which basically just open up more story and more land or more whatever destiny is very similar where it's you have the game the base game but like if you want to fully experience what's going on you have to have the expansions it unlocks all the different planets you can go do different things again very similar to wow so it's interesting to see how destiny is now kind of following the um world of warcraft vibe in terms of don't release a brand new game if something's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's um, at least in my my eyes, a, a really interesting... That's a great, uh, per, like, great game to, like, kind of, like, base it off of. Well, for sure, because it's, it, but it's one of the only games that does that, too. Yeah. Like, the same, and I mean, I'm not going to, because WoW, obviously, has, has cemented themselves as one of the greatest things of all time, right? Yeah. Like, just in terms of video... When people think video... Anybody, you can walk up to a random person on the street who doesn't even play video games, you go, you heard of World of Warcraft? Every single freaking person's gonna say yes. Yeah. Whereas if you say you heard of Destiny, what's, what's that, right? So, like, you... you WoW has cemented itself as, as the leader, I think, in, in being able to understand what gamers want and keep gamers entertained and keep it going. Yeah, of course. So it's, I mean, honestly awesome for them. So what I'm thinking is instead of doing our ratings, which we always seem to do, why don't we talk about our top three games? It doesn't necessarily have to be the scores, I don't think. I don't think the scores have to be what it is. Um, but just for a fun fact here, one, let's find out kind of what the high, what do you think the highest score that you have for a game here is? It's going to be like a 9.2. 
Yeah, it is. And what game is that? Can you guess? Witcher. You are dead on. So your highest ever given for a game is you gave The Witcher a 9.2. So replayability and music were a bit of a hit for you. Um, I completely agree because the music definitely wasn't like nuts, nuts for me. Um, my top game, this shouldn't come as a surprise to you at all, you should be able to guess this, is Bioshock. I gave Bioshock a 9.8 because as you know, it's the perfect game. It's perfect game. Like I have, I mean, it's it's tattooed on my body forever. So I mean, it's, it has to be the perfect game. It has to be the perfect game, or else I'm cutting my arm off. I yeah. guess. I like <laughs> get get rid of it. Um, so that's kind of our top rated games. However, if you could recommend out of all the games we played, three games to any of our listeners, or like, hey. These are the podcasts that you should check out if you're interested. What are these games for you? And I think I know what one of them is going to be, and I'm going to be staggered if it is. Say it. No, no, no. I want to hear this. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. One's Haven. Okay. Two is Undertale. That was the one I thought it was going to be. So, so okay. Wild. And three. It's not going to be Witcher? A game. Like, well, it's the highest rated game. Like, it should be. Yeah, but like, is that like what you're? Would you recommend that to people that haven't played it? Is that oh, is that if it's not something people haven't played, yeah, Witcher's up there. That's kind of what I'm saying. Is if somebody's listening to this podcast and they haven't played any of these games, what are the ones that you say you need to play? Sorry, I, I was thinking just like the best games we played in the year that I like really enjoyed. Okay, let's do that. Then. No, let's no, no. Let's do games that I recommend. Okay, it'd be Witcher, Haven, yeah. Haven's still there, buddy, and Mass Effect Two. <sighs> wow i can't believe you threw mass effect out there that makes me really happy um so for me going into which games i would recommend to pretty much anybody that hasn't played them before is the last of us series because that is one of the most emotional things i've ever felt in my entire life bioshock because it's perfect and uh a night in the woods that's a great one so i want to double down because we kind of did talk about this what were your most enjoyable, now that you've thought back, I know we said recommending, but what were your most enjoyable games? Thinking back that you just sort of like just had such a good time doing. Definitely, definitely Haven again. And Undertale, you said? You know what? I, I don't know. Undertale, Undertale was there for sure. I had fun with it. Because like we're not going to count like Bioshock and like the Far Cry series or Witcher because like those, like I said, are like more just like staples. Like we played those in the past. Like, yeah. It's not like we yeah, played yeah, them of course. this year. This year, this year. Okay, this year then. Haven for sure. Yeah. Haven's number one. It will never not be number yeah. one. Uh, number two would probably be like I'm trying to think what we play. I I guess like yeah. You know what? Undertale. You know what deserves it? Deserves it. Fair. Me. Fair. Absolutely. And uh, the third one, like it's it's top. I think Night in the Woods deserves it for sure. So all indie for you, which is pretty nuts. So mine are obviously going to start off strong with Outriders as being the number one, <laughs> the number one recommended game. Uh, no. So for, for me, um, probably my number one recommended game that I had the most fun playing is Night in the Woods, actually. That game, that game opened me up inside and split me open. <laughs> um, number two is going to be Resident Evil 8. Oh, I forgot we did that. Oh, yeah. Um amazing game so happy to get involved in it um and number three is tough because i want to say we happy few because to be honest it was incredible but i haven't been hooked on a game like i was on hollow knight oh i forgot about hollow knight too that i was in hollow knight in like years okay just the, the hooking on there for me so it's interesting because two indie games for me now 
now that we said that, let's finish up with what was the worst games of the year that we played. Top, bottom three? Bottom three games. Bottom three games of the year for me that I could not, honestly, would be fine never touching Like, again. say someone said, like, hey, should, should I play this game? No. What would you say no? Okay. Outriders. Yeah. Outriders I think, it's, I think be, it's both one for us. Outriders has to be rock bottom for me because that game just did not stir me up at all. Um, sorry, buddy. Undertale. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I would recommend people pay money for that, which I unfortunately... The $10 wasn't worth it for me. Yeah. You're so upset. I would rather the two cups of coffee than play that fucking game again, honestly. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, That was it. And then, to be honest, I have to say, I think that the other game that really just sort of ate me alive that I was really disappointed in was Far Cry 6. I'd rather save the $90 for sure. Yeah, I'd rather save the $90. So now those are my bottom three. I'm guessing you have Outriders. You have to. Outriders is one. Far Cry is a great one. I it's, think. It's, I think Far Cry sits here because the price ranges are so poor. Well, we can we, we could we just can we count Cyberpunk technically? Yeah, absolutely, we can. I'm not gonna count it, but like I'm just saying, I'll count. I'll count Far Cry with you. And the last one, fucking all the Bioshocks. Or not Bioshocks. Sorry, not Bioshocks. I <laughs> the Borderlands. I almost. <laughs> you were broke. I almost ruined me. You almost get out of my house. Like, I Get. No, it'd be it'd be the uh, the the, Stop the, the, the the Borderlands series. Borderland one in particular was just so bad to me. I hated it. And we play so another really really interesting question, and I think this is a really kind of good place to end us. Uh, is we played a lot of series, and we talked about a lot of gaming series throughout this entire thing. Keep in mind, I am not classifying The Witcher as a series because we really only played the one game. I played two. Okay. Okay, but like it wasn't very good, you said. It was okay. So, I want to ask you, if you could recommend one gaming series to somebody, what would it be? One gaming series? Yes. So, like, for example, like, I'm not... Counts every game that's in the series. But Last of Us is... No, but I mean, like, the the hits, right? Like, so, for example, Bioshock would be one, two, and three. I don't even think Last of Us, because that's just two games, right? Like, I would say, like, Uncharted is another series. I would classify Fallout as a series. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider's a series, Mass Effect is a series, Borderlands, like like games that have more than two games attached to them. Okay. Um, what would you, cla- Far Cry, what would you classify as being a must-play full series adventure for somebody? Honestly, I gotta say, I gotta say Far Cry. Okay. I really, yeah, Far, no, Cry, Far Cry 3. I mean, 6 disappointed you. It I mean, really did. I would, it is, I would try to say not to play 6 yeah. or 1. Mm-hmm. Two was okay, but Two like, was okay. but like, you're just saying the series itself. I'm is... saying if you if you put a series on the paper and said, "What's the game that I need you to play?" It would be Far Cry Three. But it's but it's but it's also four. Like you, you're just saying though, like people four, should play that series. Yeah, four, five definitely are up there for me too. So I, mean, I think six, I think a six, six is enjoyable. Six, so six just six just ruined me. Enjoyable right? in its own way. It really disappointed me. I think it's. I don't think as a st- standalone, it's not bad. Yes. But, but as but a Far Cry as game, a Far Cry with the title, yes. So bad. this, what I'm going to say, might be shocking What's to be you. Bioshock. No, 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 no. If somebody sits, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Can I say I know what it is? Okay, guess. It's Mass Effect. It has to be. I forgot we did Mass Effect. Mass month. Effect could be one of the most. I want to. I want to change my answer to Mass Effect as well. Oh, 
So I think it's so much better than Far Cry. I just think the grand scheme. And again, I think that like again, the Bioshock story, the last like every like all of these Far like Fallout, these stories are all really really good. The series is really really good, but just the continuity in Mass Effect, where you start this game in Mass Effect One, every single choice you make from Mass Effect One leads you all the way to the end of Mass Effect Three. And I would even recommend Andromeda to people because I, I think it's it. a I think it's a good standalone. If you view it as a standalone game, it's great. Part of the Mass Effect series, obviously, you're missing everything that you would because you're Mass Effect one, two, and three. You're like, I put so much work into this. I made so many decisions. Then kind of when Andromeda comes along, it's like it's a clean slate. It's fresh start. Well, Andromeda also came out like six years after the yeah. third one, so it's kind of like it was a clean slate. But like when you and I played. Back to back to back to back to back, and, and then you yeah. hit this. You're like, oh, this. This if I if I played Mass Effect when it first came out, and then this came out, I'd be like, okay, so this is not bad. But since we played three straight weeks of Ma- probably four, because I think we cr- I think it took us a couple weeks to finish three well, or huge something. Games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we about a month to finish three games, then you go into this new game that has nothing to do with what we just learned about. <laughs> remember when all remember when Tally died for you? Got her face oh, shot well, open. I, I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Who I else? Was... Th- oh, Thane died. Who? Thane. Yeah, Thane died. Who, who, Thane didn't even make it to the planet. <laughs> he died on the ship. Yeah, he didn't, got it. Who, Legion died on the ship too, right? Yeah, Legion died. Legion died first. And then... Th- <laughs> Thane, Is this post-traumatic stress disorder for you right now? Thane, I watched Thane get like a, a huge rock come through the thing and just like, like impale him against the wall. It was nuts. And then... Tali. And, and then Tali got her head blown off because she was being an idiot looking out the like door. Was that devastating for you though? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I could have lived with Thane and like yeah, Legion. Yeah. I actually like Legion too. But, like, I could have lived without, like, Thane. Thane was pretty sweet, though. I could have lived with Thane dying. Yeah. But then when I saw Tally die after she was with us since the first game, it kind of was like, oh. I couldn't imagine the third game. Anyways, so I think I think our Gameaholic recommendation for anybody that's never played Mass Effect or is looking for a series to jump into, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is, it's not even if it's $90 right now, you have to admit that's so worth those three games. Yeah, 100%. Oh my god, I would have paid more. I paid 200 for I it. can't wait for Mass Effect 4. Whatever it's going to be. Whatever it is. Whatever Mass Effect 4 is going to be. Question, before we kind of close up the podcast, I think, that, I think that's it. Um, did you find it? So, for anyone that hasn't like n- known this, Luke showed me a poster for Mass Effect, the next Mass Effect game. And there's yeah. apparently a bunch of hidden um, like spoilers in it. So, or they like, released on... Like so, they have N7 Easter day, eggs, which I, I believe is November 7th. N7. Um, which is also, obviously, the armor. Um... They released a poster, a very high-res poster, that is, like, they said there's five secrets in there. So I think, I mean, I don't know how you want to look at it, but obviously there's the body, so there's a corpse, and upon it, inspection, it's a geth. So clearly the geth are involved, which also hints that Andromeda, it's not in the Andromeda galaxy because they don't have geth. Number two, Liara is in it. And Liara didn't go to the Andromeda Galaxy. So it makes it seem like it's the Milky Way. There's a Krogan, which we know. There's a ship that has SR2 or SX2. So we're not sure what that means because the Normandy SR2. So it seems like it's a ship name, but we're not sure who it does. The only other thing I read is the crater. People think that it could be caused by when the mass relays got destroyed. Because uh, that was one of the options. Was just, So people are assuming that um, the cannon ending for mass effect did you read this on reddit yeah okay. um people are assuming that the canon um ending for mass effect is now that all artificial life was destroyed that's why the geth corpse is there that's why it looks like the real mass relays were destroyed um 
And if you look closely, people are saying that you can see a burnt up sort of corpse or a body in the crater. And the speculation is that's Shepard. Um, just due to the fact that we see Liara in the trailer that was released pick up a piece of broken N7 armor. We also know that there's a Krogan on board. We're, I mean, there's the, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure once you play the game, you look at that. When it comes out, you're like, oh shit. I think I think it's Commander Shepard because there is that one hidden DLC thing where like it shows the the crumpled up destroyed thing and then the body moves and, and you hear the breath. Yeah, that's so, I so mean Commander Shepard. Really, so there is there, the there's ending. Gotta, there's got to be some that that Commander Shepard. I would say yeah. she, but like she, he, whatever. that they live. So, I mean, going into that, that that'll is be, that'll be such a good game next year. I'm so excited. I I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that new Bethesda game that's like on a ship too. Oh yeah, Starfield. Can't wait for that. It's gonna be all you. Yeah. Maybe yeah, because yeah, you can't have it. That's ninety. That's ninety dollars out of my pocket. That's. But fine. you're going. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought it was free on Game Pass. Bethesda. I thought. Well, I thought well, that they game don't. Was... I don't think they drop like a merely brand new game oh. on Game Pass. That'd be sweet. No, that'd they be... did Outriders. You didn't pay a cent for. Yeah, but that was oh, Outriders. Yeah, I paid ninety for. That's not so. Bethesda. I paid ninety for though. I paid ninety for it. I know you did. I. I'm glad I didn't. I'd love to. I'd love to get like a, a list of expenses game. that you paid versus you. I love to see that. I'd be criminal. Yeah, it'd be a lot more for you than me. Um, on that note, that has been our first year in review. Um, I guess thank you for everybody that's been along for the ride. Thank you for everybody that's constantly been supporting us. Um, our Instagram following has grown. Our listens count is continuously going up. And we appreciate every single person that does this and uh, supports the podcast. So thank you for a wonderful first year, and it's exciting to see what 2022 is going to reach. Next episode, which will come out probably pretty soon, um, this won't be a full week, we're talking the indie game Firewatch, which was our runner-up to be included in Indie Month. So stay tuned, follow us on Instagram, at Gameaholic Podcast, and make sure you subscribe to our channel on Spotify and Apple podcasts until next week. We'll talk to you guys later uh, for a very exciting season two. Peace.